good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today, filling in for Jeff Harding, who is out of town, actually recruiting for the Huntsman World Senior Games, is Michelle Graves. Michelle, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I feel like it's my lucky day. It is Glad to be here. It is your lucky day because we get to do this radio show. It's so fun. And learn all about health and wellness. I know. It's always very educational. I really do enjoy it. Yeah, it's awesome. So today, Michelle, I want to talk a little bit about diet. Okay. Now, I'm not talking about a specific eating plan per se that guarantees that you'll drop pounds in mere minutes. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about overall eating for good health. Okay. I like that better than just like, what's the new trend? What's the new trend, right? All right. So here we go. Well, let let me start with this. I think for many of us, when we reach a certain age or a certain point in our lives, we find that we can't just keep eating willy nilly like we used to when we were teenagers and in our early 20s. Have you noticed that? I've noticed (laughs) and it's so discouraging because I have teenagers and they really can eat whatever they want with no fault. It doesn't matter. And I used to be like that. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> and it wasn't even that long ago, but now all of a sudden everything's different, right? Well, it doesn't seem that long ago, but I think it was it may have been a, a little, few years ago. A few, yeah, a few minutes well, I ago. Think, I think many of us reach that point where we find that we, it's just something's changed. Something I, in our body, our metabolism, whatever it is, something has changed. I would say that all the time. You know, there's a point where you just can't work yourself out of a bad diet. Yeah, and yeah. I like to work out. So that's really disappointing to me. So <laughs> well, yes, it's good. Tell, it's me, good. tell me what I need to it's try good, and do. At least that you're working out because uh, it certainly isn't hurting. Right. But no, every maybe the bit effects helps. aren't quite the same. So anyway, I found this article. It's in the Insider magazine. It was written by Cheyenne Lance, and it's called 10 Foods You Should Be Eating More Of As You Get Older. Now, oh, I'm, I'm not going to hit all good. 10 of them, but I thought I would highlight a few of them that really stood out to me, okay? Okay. Number one, whole eggs. Yeah, eggs are really back in. I know. I'm really like, happy about they're that. They're kind of on that roller coaster thing where yeah, first they're really good for you, and then they're really bad for you, and now they're good for you again. But yeah. they do say that eggs are one of the richest sources of nutrients and protein out there. Yes, and I just read that like starting your day with eggs really helps curb those appetite cravings. And yeah, because your... it's protein. Right. And helps. it sticks with you. So exactly. according to Pamela Schoenfield, who is a registered dietitian, she says that eggs are rich in choline, biotin, as well as protein. She says protein protects you from bone and muscle loss, and it supports your immune functions. Choline helps the liver clear fats, which is important and good. And biotin is needed for energy, skin, and nails. So you really get a lot of benefits from eating your eggs. Eggs can also contain vitamin K2, which works together with vitamin D, as well as vitamin A, to put calcium into the bones and keep it from just depositing in your arteries. And plus, uh, in addition to all that, they contain even higher levels of lutein and zeaxanthin, which are potent antioxidants that protect the eyes, especially from macular degeneration, which is an eye disease that can really lead to vision loss. It's kind of a serious thing. So who knew that you could get all of that from the incredible edible egg? It's a good thing. Do you remember that ad campaign? Yeah. yeah. Are you going to sing it? When we were it? kids? No. <laughs> okay. I'm only going to say it, which I just did. So. Okay. Yeah, I remember <laughs> eggs, it. 
Eggs are back in, as you said. I'm so glad. So if you're looking for some health benefits, eggs should and be one of the things you consider. those are a few benefits that I hadn't known. So yeah, that's same just here. a plus. That, that so was new to me. Good. Now, Michelle, I know you're from the East Coast, and I know you love seafood. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I know you do. I so know you do. much. So do you like oysters? Yes. Oh, that's something you enjoy. I love fresh oysters okay. on the half shell. Well, People think what? they're slimy and disgusting. Yeah. I think they are amazing. That's what I think. I think they're slimy Please and disgusting. Please tell me they're like one of the best foods for us. They are. Yes. Michelle, this yes. is like a bonus day for you because they I are. I think I need a trip back east right away. <laughs> <laughs> oysters are by far the best dietary source of zinc. Mm. which many people, especially those who limit their red meat consumption, can fall short on, according to Schoenfield. Zinc supports the immune system along with vitamin A, and it also helps support healthy hormone levels no matter what your sex is. So there are some significant benefits to eating oysters on the half shell. Good. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited. I always tell my sister when I come to visit, don't prepare anything else. I'm on a seafood-only diet. Yeah, yeah. And I just get as much of it as I can. So I hope that's a good thing, too. Like, you can stockpile it, because that's what I try to do. I, You know, that's a good question. I don't know. But I hope for your sake that you can, too. Maybe you can share that with us in another I'll see, episode. I'll see, I'll see if I can find that. Anything out on stockpiling zinc. My guess is that it probably doesn't last perpetually. Oh, I know. But it Nothing good, does. doesn't it? Nothing does. So. More is always better, Kyle. More is better <laughs> when it comes to oysters, at least, and, and zinc. So, Number three, citrus fruits may be anti-inflammatory, which is a good thing. Citrus should be eaten whole, preferably with the skin, and if it's organic, without all those pesticides that come with uh, inorganic foods sometimes, you should have a bit of the peel or the zest mixed in as well. Yeah, I had a friend that used to eat orange rinds, like the whole oh, orange rind. The whole thing. I think that's a little much, but yeah. I think the thing we do worry about is the pesticides that are on the fruit. But we know that um, skin on fruit is the protector. Really, right? really, where some of the best nutrients yeah. are. So we have to. And I guess, according to this article and a couple of other things that I've heard, I guess that there's plenty of nutrients in orange rinds as well. I'm I'm not eating them currently right now. But what they're talking about here, the skin is the white stuff. Yes. So that's the skin. The peel is is separate from that. Okay. But they say that the white stuff, the skin, um, has a lot of health benefits. Yeah, that's like the pulp. And I'm not a huge fan of pulp. But I have, I do know that, that that's the, that's the really good well, stuff. Well, pulp is the meat part of it. Yeah, but it comes from the rind, doesn't it? Mm, do we need to investigate some I'm of this? I'm pretty sure that the pulp is just the orange that doesn't, it is not obliterated into juice. Okay. Maybe some of but our the white, but the white should stuff, chime in. The white stuff on it has some health benefits. Uh, overall, citrus fruits about. are anti-inflammatory, which is good. Uh, they say that the white netting around the oranges in particular is abundant in bioflavonoids, which strengthens the blood vessels. And then the peel, which we've just said we don't eat ourselves, but the peel is rich in limonene, which is uh, potentially anti-cancerous and anti-inflammatory as well. So I don't know, something to consider. I'm, I'm not going to start eating the orange peel right away. Okay, I think but you could zest bitter. it and put it but, in some yeah, of your put it foods in some other stuff. All right, I'm going to go with uh, the last one here, number four, fish. Uh, we just talked about how you oh, love fish. Very good. Back to that. So they say that fish may help boost your brain power. Fatty fish in particular, such as salmon, tuna, and sardines are a great source of high-quality protein. And fish also provides valuable omega-3 fatty acids. We've been hearing about that for a long time now. 
The omega-3 fatty acids are associated with better mental health and decreased cognitive decline. And eating fish twice a week can allow you to start reaping some of the great benefits of, as you just mentioned, a seafood diet. Yeah, sounds really good. Getting hungry. <laughs> You're getting hungry. Well, um, it's almost dinner time, so get, maybe fish get for ready dinner. For fish for dinner okay, tonight, right? Sounds good. Our guest today, joining us in the studio, is Mary Helen Strickland. She's an Intermountain System uh, nursing director for palliative care. Mary Helen has been a registered nurse for 40 years. She has advanced degrees and lots of experience in the healthcare industry, especially in the delivery of healthcare. She loves working to help people live their healthiest lives possible and working to have person-centered care delivered with individuals at the center of all that we do. She's currently working on improving advanced care planning for patients and families at the Intermountain Healthcare Facility. And Mary Helen, we're grateful that you could join us today. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. So uh, you're a nurse. Yeah. Been a nurse for a very long time. Have been. Any of those foods that I mentioned, does that ring true to you, or is that just the next fad that we're hearing about? Well, long-term, good research behind that. Yeah. Much evidence, especially understanding omega-3s. They're probably on that list of what you just said, the most comprehensive thing you can do to keep your brain healthy. And your brain is one of the things we should concentrate on. Absolutely. We see so much. It, it feels to me like so much more prevalence of dementia and Alzheimer's and mm-hmm. cognitive decline. And maybe it's just that we're more aware of it, but to me it feels like we're seeing more of it and it has to be connected to something and maybe it's our diet. Well, they say you are what you eat. So. <laughs> that is what they say. That is what they say. I think there's something to it for sure. Well, Mary Helen, today we wanted to visit with you a little bit about palliative care. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I am not really sure what that is. So maybe let's start there. Give us a a good working definition of what palliative care is and what that looks like. And uh, we'll kind of go from there. Palliative care is a specialty within medicine, the way we deliver care to people with chronic serious illness. So I tell people it's kind of like a bridge that helps hold up your highway of life. And we help to make the quality of your life with chronic serious illness the best that we can. So you'll go along your own highway with whatever you're trying to do. And when it gets overwhelming, your symptoms may be there or you don't have enough education or you just need more help. The highway sags a little bit. Palliative care is an interdisciplinary team approach to delivery of care that helps you hold that bridge up until you're able yourself to move along the highway by yourself. It helps with symptom management. It looks at um, your body, mind, and spirit, your whole person. So the team includes chaplaincy, social workers, mid-levels, positions like nurse practitioners and physicians that are all helping you um, have the best quality of life that you have with whatever chronic disease you have. So to me... That seems like that would be so important and so useful for someone who's struggling in every way, physically, emotionally, spiritually, with a a pretty heavy weight, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, A chronic illness, something that's just not going to go away. Um, Is this new or is this something that we've always kind of done in the past but done it differently? Or is this kind of a new area of, of care delivery? In the 40 years I've been in healthcare delivery, it has not always existed. It's a new specialty, but a very strong specialty in understanding that 
in order to live your healthiest life possible, how do you get ahead of it? And just because you have a chronic disease that was diagnosed doesn't mean that you have to succumb to it being just a certain way. So when there was seeing a need, an ongoing need, palliative care became a specialty. It's been around for a couple of decades, but not very um, widely spread. People don't understand it very well. And a lot of people just don't get into health care unless they absolutely have to. They avoid it. Yeah, and <laughs> so, often it's like the emergence of it exactly. that um, causes the stress. I know um, maybe one of the things you're going to talk about today is um kind of that emergent prevention, like being prepared if something like this happens so that the way can be a little bit smoother. We, um, we had a daughter that was, um, very ill as, as a infant and she's doing great today, but we spent some time there and I never really thought of the whole team, um, besides doctors and nurses that help in a situation where you're really living in the hospital. And I can't tell you how important and beneficial that was to us when we went through things, especially with an infant daughter, you know, because nurses are really in, just there to administer medications, but who is there to see all the other needs Why you and your child are really living in the hospital and that social worker and chaplain and the things that you mentioned really were so important in our um, emotional health as well as um, getting her physically better. In emergencies, we think about it all the time, you know, and, and there has been such a push You know, when you think about earthquakes and, you know, things around the world has changed. The world's changing. And our emphasis towards emergency preparedness has really been that way. We encourage people to have a 72-hour kit and do you have an emergency evacuation plan at your house. Advanced care planning is like that. It's like taking the preparation for an emergency that you may never use in your life, but if you do, you're prepared. And thinking ahead of time, if I could not speak for myself in this situation in healthcare, who could speak for me? And what importantly is if I thought about my wishes and what I really want from my healthcare, and does my agent, the person that I've chosen that could speak for me when I can't, do they completely understand my wishes and how that interfaces and helps a medical team deliver care for exactly what you want and what is needed without all the extraneous and definitely the trauma that comes out of crisis. Well, and that makes it so important, too, because the person who is not in the emergency situation sometimes feels the stress. I have to make this decision, and I don't know what's best. And so really, if you talk about it before, and and even, you know, as far as like estate planning or funeral planning, things like that, I think if you have a plan in place, then you're so just much better apt to deal with it during a stressful time in your life. Absolutely. No question about it. You're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with Mary Helen Strickland, who is a registered nurse, and she specializes in advanced care planning. And I guess the the key there is the planning, right? That's just what what we're talking about is um, sitting down and deciding what your plan is and how you'd like to approach uh, an emergency or a a chronic illness, um, hoping that we'll never need to use it, right? Hoping Mm -hmm. that we'll never need to use it, but knowing in advance what we're going to do if that occasion arises. How do people go about starting that conversation? Because none of us want to talk about this stuff. Like this is, these are things that we all know are important. 
but none of us really want to talk about it. So how do you start that conversation? Where, where do you begin? Well, it's a good, really good question. The state of Utah is actually more proactive than many other states. And altogether in the state, it drafted with legislation documents. So there is a Utah advanced directive. And with it, it's a form that can be filled out with different sections, including one that identifies who your agent is. Utah also has been proactive to understand that you can go to the next step and fill out a document called a pulse, which is the Physician Order of Life-Sustaining Treatment. So if you really, really know what your wishes are concretely and you want them to follow them no matter what, we fill out a pulse. Most of the time, those documents are reserved for people when they know they're more towards the end of their life. But every single person who's 18 years of age or older should be thinking about a general scenario. There are documents available in conversations. Intermountain has an opportunity to invite people into facilitated conversations where you'll sit down with a facilitator walking through a series of questions and thoughts that will help you figure it out. One of the most beginning places that we start about is just helping people realize that Today, if I was just going down to to the local grocery store and I got in an accident and I ended up in the hospital, when I'm unconscious, I have a brain injury, I can't speak for myself, who can speak for me? And then in that situation, how much you know intervention or how much help would you like at that particular piece? So we really begin with understanding what's your quality of life? What's your good day? What do you want your life to be like? We explore a little bit if you've had any past experiences that would influence your decision. And then clearly understanding an agent. The person that you want to pick for you has to be 18 years of age or older. They have to be someone that you feel comfortable enough to sit down and say, these are my wishes, and that person will follow your wishes, honoring your wishes, not necessarily theirs. What they want to do. What they want to do. And that's sometimes hard. People also don't realize that it does not have to be a family member. Oftentimes it's not a family member. And that's one of the biggest places we start is just with those parameters so that they can start to think about things. Now, is this a legal document? Do they... Does this person have to have power of attorney over you to make these decisions, or how does that work? Great question. In order for it to become uh, a document that's legal, it has to be in a Utah Advanced Directive or drafted in a legal document, uh, signed by the person and witnessed. Utah eliminated that need to have a notarized witness a few years ago to make it easier for people just to have it witnessed. That document defines then who your your person is that can speak for you. Otherwise, in the state of Utah, it defaults into a decision tree. Your spouse, you know, adult children, you know, parents, grandparents, all that. It goes down a series of lines. And sometimes people are estranged from those people, so it's better to have it defined who you really want and who you trust mm-hmm. and who knows your wishes than situations we get into all the time where people now are having legally here, you're next in line and I don't know what to say and I don't want to do it. And I haven't talked to them in 10 years. So I have two questions. One is you've talked about a couple of forms, a couple of documents. Where can people find them? Are they available online? How how do you get these documents? Right online. So if you just Google um, advanced care planning or advanced directives in Utah, it pops up. 
And if you're there, outside of Utah, you should be able that, to find that. That was my second outside question. Outside <laughs> of Utah, every state has one, and there is um, a website called Five Wishes that you can go to, and they will get you connected with any advanced directives for every state that's here. And California is doing a lot of work that's going to be tied into the nation where they've already done in one spot, put all the information tied to the legality. Every state has a different legal approach to this. We're not universal. Yeah. So when people are snowbirds and we see them coming and going and they're in more than one state, which we see a lot here, we just encourage people to understand their documents necessary draft in both of the usual places that they do and that... Their agents don't have to necessarily live wherever you are. Wow, that's some really good information. I I don't really know much about any of this. Well, I'm in the same boat. I can tell you right now, I do not have one of these forms filled out, but you're definitely, um, you know, you're making some really powerful cases to to sit down and have a very difficult conversation with uh, people that, you know, you're, you're connected to in one way or another that may be able to help fulfill your wishes in the un- you know, the unpleasant uh, event of a, of some kind of an emergency. Well, and I can testify, you don't want to make these decisions when you're under a lot of stress in an yeah. emergency situation. Mm-hmm. So it makes a lot of sense. We have a saying that goes that it's always too early until it's too late. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. everybody pushes back all the time thinking, I don't need it. I don't know why America is so reluctant to talk about death. It's the circle of life. But we are. But we are. And we never think that it's going to happen to us, but it happens every single day. Happens to everyone eventually. So that would be the biggest thing I would say to people. In order to live healthier and have your peace of mind, it's one of the greatest gifts that you can give to your family to be prepared and not let them be in crisis with nothing to back them up to make decisions. It's already crisis enough, but Mm -hmm. to, to not know how to proceed... So you, you alluded to this just a little bit, this uh, this concept of an agent. How would you recommend finding the right agent for you? How do you go about that process? You sit down and think about who do I trust, who would be over 18 years of age, and really say, can I just sit down and have the conversation? So we can frame it if we were in this situation and you had – this accident today, you came to the hospital. How do I feel about resuscitation? How do I feel about food and fluid? How do I feel about doing everything compared to my quality of life? What's my quality of life? It's 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 just get started. And if you're interested, we have facilitators that can sit down and help those conversations. So you mentioned a few forms. Let's let's mention those one more time. What what if I were to do a Google search? What am I looking for? Advanced directives. State of Utah, advanced care planning in the state of Utah. And again, we have an audience that, that, you know, goes worldwide Mm -hmm. or or at least nationwide. So outside Mm -hmm. of the area, just a Google for advanced directives. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to get some help, some kind of a a, a direction there. And then you mentioned a website, Five Wishes. Five Wishes is a non-for-profit organization that has organized advanced care planning in the United States. And you'll also see that on the CMS website for Medicare, if you're over the age of 65 and familiar with that, they also have a conversations toolkit for how to have this conversation. Wow. Important information. Mary Helen, thank you so much for coming and sharing uh, your expertise on that. That's about the time that we have to visit with you, but really great information. Appreciate your, uh, your time.
Appreciate you taking the time to get connected and get the important word out. Wonderful. Speaking of time, Michelle, time is flying. I know. But it's still the spring beginning of the new year. Springing. Well, in St. George it is. I know. Nowhere else in the oh, United States. Oh, it's been pretty States, brutal the rest oh, of the word. United States. I know. I'm sorry for them. I'm glad for us. Yeah, we we do live in a great place. But it is the beginning of a new year. Even though it's February, it's still, it's still nascent uh, on the calendar. And we hope that those of you who are 50 years or older are considering making participation in the Huntsman World Senior Games one of your goals this year. With that in mind, there are some important dates that you need to know. First March of all, 1st. Yeah, March Coming 1st. Coming right up. That's the day that athlete registration opens, so put that on your calendar. It's less than a month away. You want to be prepared for that. So March 1st, athlete registration opens. You can get more information on that at SeniorGames.net. The dates of the 2019 Huntsman World Senior Games, the games are going to take place October 7th through the 19th. And that does seem like it's a ways off, but I'm telling you, it's not. It's it going to be here quick. before you know it. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found. Once you've subscribed, give us a rating and write a quick review. You can really make a difference in helping us spread the word. You can also find this as well as previous shows right on our website. Once again, that address is SeniorGames.net. So check it out. Our inspirational quote is from the great poet Walt Whitman. He says, Keep your face always toward the sunshine, and the shadows will fall behind you. Yeah, until, until next Thursday, stay active. Bye-bye.